Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one cinematically beautiful tear at a time. I think we talked about tears yesterday. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. <laughs> I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> Today we'll be talking about Minute 132, which starts with Arwen crying and ends with Arwen leaving Rivendell with some of the other elves. Yeah. And this... Kind of, again, kind of hauntingly beautiful scene of just elves robed in, in dark colors leaving. I like their lanterns. Yeah, apparently the lamps were a one-day design turnaround. What? My god. Yeah, which is kind of amazing to me. It's like, hey, we really need some lamps for this scene. Like, someone just throw some stuff together for us and, like, this is what they got. Wow. And there's a lot of them, too. Yeah, there's there's... There's like 30 or 40 of them that you can see in the wide shot tomorrow. There's a lot of lamps. There's like a wide shot of them crossing the bridge tomorrow, right. I think. Yeah. But uh, I I really like this visual a lot. The All the elves leaving with the lamps. It gives me like... Why do they have them? I don't know, because elves can theoretically see in the dark, right? I guess. D&D so, elves can at the very least. Right. So, like, why do they Why do they have these lamps? I think it's very beautiful. It gives the whole scene this very, like, renaissance painting feel. <laughs> You're out <laughs> I'm all, like... Back at it again with the renaissance paintings. <laughs> I know. But, like... <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's got this, like... I don't know. It, this... I can't even, I can't articulate what I I'm trying to say. I just imagine you, like, that vine. It's just like, your boy back at it again at the Louvre. And then you, like, do a backflip into, like, some... <laughs> just knock over some Monet painting. No, don't knock anything over. Just, like... I mean, that guy hits a sign no, when he you, does a backflip. You, like, backflip into the door or something. <laughs> something harmless. Something harmless. Monet isn't even the Renaissance painter... I know. It was just the first like name that popped into my brain for a painter. <laughs> you just break water lilies. And you're like, no, <laughs> curses. But the, I don't know. the The imagery of this is just this feels very much like a painting to me. Like you could just stop the movie, paint up this moment, and it you, it would just hang on a wall somewhere. And you would have, you would never know that this was like from Lord of the Rings. I would very much like to see the concept art if they had any of the shot of all the elves with the lamps crossing the bridge. Right. That to me is the most evocative shot in this sequence. But again, yeah. that's tomorrow. Yeah, John Howe talks about just wanting to like stop the movie every so often, and then just hand paint a frame based on what he's looking at, and then just move on and keep doing it. Mm. Because he feels like the movie, so many of the set pieces and the scenes just look and feel like paintings. And he'd love to just render them in that medium across the whole movie. That would that'd be quite an undertaking. Like Liv Tyler just like 
gasping in slow motion last minute. Like, oh, he talks in particular about <laughs> like when this scene starts. Yeah, the the lamp scene. That's when he starts to go on about like there's being there being so many scenes in the movie that he just wants to like stop and paint mm-hmm. like one frame at a time. Which sounds like like a monumental undertaking. Like that that's insane. Considering this movie is over three hours long, yeah. Yeah. So uh so Elrond. The final weapon in his arsenal. Do I not also have your love? What a expletive. <laughs> right? Terrible. Redacted. Like. <laughs> Expletive redacted. <laughs> like, for real, though. Like, holy crap. So manipulative to just be like, don't you love me too? Yeah. Duh. Jeez. And then she's just like, I love you, Dad, basically. All right, Dad, I'll go. But that look that they share as she walks away. Yeah, he's not happy about it. No, and they wanted, they, they say they really wanted to, like, hit home, that they really wanted to convey that Elrond was also not happy about sending her away. About, like, doing this to her to send her away. And I'm like, yeah, that's great and all, that he's, like, not happy about it. It was still a really crappy yeah, thing to do. Yeah, it's still a dick move. But, you know, did it anyway. That's, that's, like, the... The last straw, for real, though. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes there. And he's not even the worst father in the trilogy. I know! Denethor makes Elrond look like a saint. Right? Makes him look like a five-star dad. <laughs> just teaching you how to change an oil filter and, like, <laughs> grilling Sunday dinner in, like, a polka dot apron. Just, like, <laughs> I don't know. Wholesome dad Elrond. <laughs> they really wound up going back to Rivendell a lot in scenes across these movies. Yeah, but that's fine though, because Rivendell's really freaking pretty. <laughs> they originally only concepted it for use for like around the Council of Elrond stuff. Yeah, and then they just wound up continuing to film scenes with the Elrond with the the Rivendell set. So that that miniature got a ton of use, and the set pieces got a ton of use. As they should. As they should. They're very, they're very gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And aspects of this Rivendell set that maybe they built to start with and weren't sure what they were going to use them for that they wound up using. It's good they saw the light of they saw the light of day, or the the blue light filter, as it were. <laughs> the blue light filter of an elvish night. Yes. <laughs> exactly that elvish moonlight. <laughs> That that dim blue light. Elvish twilight. Mm. It's, a, it's a beautiful thing. I like her uh, cowl or her like hood that she's wearing. You don't really see much more of her outfit. Um, everything Arwen wears is just gorgeous. Of course it is. She's like an elven princess. It's so pretty. Like... Elrond has like quite a scowl on his face when he turns around yeah. too. He's got that he's he he like actually has that like Agent Smith scowl for a little bit during this minute. When she turns to look at him? Yeah. When when he first turns around before he before his his expression kind of breaks a little bit and he says, "Do you not love me also?" Mm. Like he's got the he's got that Agent that Agent Smith scowl just for a bit. He's like tired. 
Like, he doesn't, he's just upset. He doesn't want to do this. But he does it anyway, and that does not excuse him. No, it doesn't. He pushes through it, and he does it anyway. He's just like, nope, I'm going to push down these feelings of, you know, letting my daughter do what she wants to do with her life. Why? Why? Don't repress the right thing, Elrond. Right? Honestly, I it's been so long since I've seen Return of the King, I don't even remember how she comes back. I think you do not see her again until the the coronation. What? No. Because there's the flashback or the, the, the vision that she has with the it the toddler. That's true. That's true. I don't remember where that and is. And that's definitely not in this movie. Yeah, I don't remember where that is. There's no way that she just, like, doesn't show up until the very end of the movie. The movie is about Aragorn. Yeah. And Aragorn is about his lady friend. I wonder... I'm trying to remember where that scene is. Because I know what you're talking about. Somewhere. Over the rainbow. Way up high. (laughs) I don't know, man, because, like, if you'd seen her before that and, like, there was the implication that it was going to end well, then, like, that moment at the coronation where, like, she's revealed has less impact. But you have to. Like, you literally have to. I mean, this is the this is the thing that's just like, no, we're going to send Arwen away. So you think this might have an unhappy ending. Why would they do the fake out like five times in this movie? I mean, this fake out doesn't get resolved until, like, the next movie, but... Because it's the second act, so, like, everyone's story has a fake-out because it's everyone's second oh, act. Oh, man. So it just feels overloaded with them. It's because really it is. tiresome. I mean, like, they go back on the Aragorn one immediately. Yeah. Can you call it a fake-out if it doesn't last, like, ten minutes? I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Like, does it, does it really qualify as a fake-out? Like, we see him again, like immediately i mean that calls into question like over half of the cliffhangers in classic doctor who so i don't know can you call it a fake out i don't know you can't you can't call you can't call the cliffhanger before a commercial break a fake out not a commercial break like the end of an episode back when it was like serialized yeah but did they like actually air them back to back or did they air them week to week? They aired them week to week. Then you can call that a, a fake out. Like, it's not contained within a singular stretch of TV time and planned that way. It, they're planned as, you know, week to week things. So, like, you have to have cliffhangers at the end of episodes inside stories. Yeah, I guess. Otherwise, there, there's nothing to keep someone coming back unless you're an episodic program, in which but, case it's but totally But what you're saying structure. is we're trapped in this movie, so they can do whatever they want. Like, they're inside the confines of this movie. Like, it's inside a singular runtime. So, I don't know if you can really call the Aragorn thing a fake-out. Merry and Pippin, yes, because that, that carries on. That's, like, a good 15 minutes? 10 minutes? Uh, you're, like, splitting hairs at this point. <laughs> I don't know. There's a, there's you're, a you're line. You're just salty about the Aragorn one because it happens sooner than you thought. It does, because I always think it takes longer. Because it should take longer if it's no, a fake out. If it takes longer, this mo- this movie is long enough. 
Let us rest. No, you just shuffle around some of the stuff we're showing in the movie to make it take longer. Oh, Aragorn died. Just kidding. Right. But, like, you could have put this. Where else would you put that, though? You put it after all of this. But the reason that the the transitions work is because he has the vision from Arwen, and Arwen is just, like, chilling in her bedroom. Yeah. That's what I mean, led just, us here. You just changed that transition somehow. What? You just go from her going off the cliff to instead of, like, this hopeful vision... It's like she's anxious and then Elrond comes in and she doesn't know why she's anxious and then you lead into this whole scene. Like she has a bad feeling about something and then you lead into this whole scene. <laughs> she, she just looks straight at the camera and be like, I got I a, bad a bad feeling, feeling about, about this. this. <laughs> like you could, you can smash cut from Aragorn going off the cliff to Arwen like looking worried in a room. I don't think anyone would question that as like a reasonable cut. Yeah, but then you don't have sad Legolas more like <laughs> struggling with with death. I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I think there's prob I think there's a way that they could have shuffled stuff around also, to give it a little like, more time. Okay, I'm I am like 100% the number one anti fan of the Aragorn Arwen Eowyn love triangle, but like they put the effort in so, like, having Arwen react immediately to Aragorn instead of seeing Eowyn first, like, completely undermines all the work that they did. All the work, in quotation marks. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's basically non-existent as it is. So you're taking all the wind out of their, their sails and... More so than they already have themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it could have you, you could have not increased the runtime of this movie and increased the the. You could have taken distance. out that stupid freaking Gandalf monologue. <laughs> Which, like, <laughs> thinking about that Gandalf monologue, that's a that's like super redundant in this cut of the movie, along with the Galadriel montage from later this week. Oh, yeah. Because they're both talking about the same things. You know what, though? That's the only Kate Blanchett we get. I'm fine with it. Right. We see Gandalf plenty. Yeah, we do. I, as much as I love Sir Ian's, like, dulcet tones, like, I'm <laughs> that monologue, though. Man, like, Elrond, man. Just calm down. <laughs> Take a panic, breather. Panic! Panic! Do you love me, daughter? <laughs> I do not feel loved. Do you love me? Yes, she freaking loves you. Good God, man. I don't know. This is... Not really... Not, not much goes on in this minute. It's... It's a lot of pretty crying. A lot of... A lot of scowls and, and frowns. Long looks. Sad elves. Pretty lamps. My aesthetic. <laughs> sad elves, pretty lamps. Yeah. There you go. I'm about that sad elf life. <laughs> sad elves in black robes walking through the woods. No, that was last minute. This yeah. minute it's like pale lavender. There's a, there's a design change in the Rivendell set between the last time we saw it in here, too. Ooh. There are trees with no leaves sprinkled about 
all the stuff. Instead of the autumn ones? Yeah, to, like, actually show... The passage the, of time. The passage of time and the decline of the power of Rivendell. There are there are, are trees stripped of their leaves among the trees that we can see. That's cool. And then in the bridge shot, there's a couple in the foreground. It's cool that they even, like, thought about that. Yeah. Instead of just literally using the set with a blue light filter over it. Right. Yeah. They actually changed some things about around it. I mean, I know that's literally their job, but... Yeah, but a lot of other movies would have just the used the detail. exact same shot. Well, not the exact same shot, but you can't use the exact same shot because the shot from before had like the tiny little CGI fellowship. Yeah, but that's a computer layer. You just pull that out. Oh, I see. And then you just put make this layer blue. in and make everything blue. You just put the marching elf layer in and make everything blue. <laughs> Take out that one CGI elf in the background oh, pacing. Blue. <laughs> What's, that guy doesn't need to be there. <laughs> now that I've like, now that I'm like fully aware of that elf, I'm never gonna forget oh, that yeah. he was there, just chilling. He'll be with us always. Anonymous pacing elf. <laughs> what are you so nervous about? I don't know. Elrond calling him out. Don't you also love me? <laughs> and he's sad that Legolas is leaving. He doesn't know how to tell him he thought he was beautiful. Oh, what? <laughs> The, created the this entire elf? headcanon for this elf. Oh my god. He's just enamored of this, this sylvan this elf from, Mir- from Mirkwood. <laughs> Doesn't know how to do and how, what to do about it and he's leaving and he's just pacing the day before the fellowship leaves. <laughs> Relatable. Uh, <laughs> why Legolas? It could be like anybody. It could be anybody, but I don't know, just another elf. He's the other elf in the he's the elf in the fellowship. So Legit. like he's the named elf the the named Mirkwood elf in the movie. <laughs> he's the the only other named blonde elf besides I know, he must have like an entourage. I'm sure we like, He just rolled up by himself. Well, hey, there were other up? elves there at the council with him. Hey, what's up? My dad doesn't love me. Dude, Legolas and Faramir would be best friends. <laughs> My father also doesn't love me. <laughs> I'm sure Thranduil cares for Legolas. You are Boromir's unloved brother? <laughs> How terrible. I barely spoke to him, but <laughs> you and I, we have a kinship. Why would your father not love you over him? He was a jerk. <laughs> he was a failure. <laughs> he failed in his task. We're getting You ahead. seem to have succeeded. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm just saying, though. Legolas and Faramir. Best bros. And it's just David Wenham and Orlando Bloom hanging out. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> hanging out by the pool. The pool? The forbidden oh, pool. Oh. <laughs> I'm like thinking they're in Vegas together or something. <laughs> Crazy straws. Daiquiris. Yeah. Sunglasses. <laughs> pool floaties. <laughs> Oh, man. Legolas can, like, stand on a pool floaty in the pool. We are miles away from, like, don't you love me, daughter? (laughs) I mean, what else is there to say, like, outside of all the other crap we've given Elrond for being manipulative? Yeah. This is just, like, the the bullseye dart. The emotionally manipulative Sunday. (laughs) This is like in Robin Hood when he shoots the arrow through the arrow. Mm. This is just, like, that exclamation point. 
I'm a jerk. You thought I was done? There's like a flourish. <laughs> thought I was done? There's one more coming at you. <laughs> Your boy back at it again. Uh, well, yeah. So we're from the website duelinggenre.com. <laughs> Check us out there. As well as some of the other podcasts like Geek by Night, Immunities, um, Doctor's Companion, which I co-host with Scott and Nick. Uh, we're back. And it's fun. We talk about Doctor Who and Protagonist Podcast. Those guys are a lot of fun. And we hope you have a good Tuesday. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about, like, Elvish Angst or whatever. That's this week. Elvish Angst week. <laughs> that thousand, thousands of years of Elvish Angst. Yeah, that sweet, sweet Elvish Angst. Bye. Bye.